Hi, everyone. Welcome to another week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a mother, grandmother, wife, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, self-proclaimed fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between my work life and my life life. I do not have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living my best life and enjoying work and time off. Thank you for joining me for today. I am on my third part of my semi-sabbatical series, and as part of just to, just a recap really quick before I, I get into it. So for the month of September, I'm taking four different trips. I'm calling it a semi-sabbatical. I'm just getting out of the office. I'm thinking about other stuff. I can't tune out and be off the grid and no one's going to hear from me, obviously, because I have a business to run and I have clients. But I have my staff prep to take over what they can take over and they can contact me and I'll be checking emails and doing phone calls and I have some telephonic court appearances. So like I said, I'm not entirely off the grid, but I'm out of the office for most of the days of the month and I've never done this before. So part of this semi-sabbatical, I was thinking about stress as an attorney and this is stress for any sort of business owner, anything in your personal life, when when I get stressed like that, nothing can be better for me than thinking about how good things are. So I sort of started all of this by taking a, a quick trip to Denver for a conference. And it was two weeks ago. It got me thinking about many, many different things. And I attended a session called effective communication with clients from different backgrounds. I wasn't really sure what to expect. I figured it was simple communication skills and being sensitive to backgrounds of others. It did have that certainly, but there were speakers whose stories were heart-wrenching. There was an, an, an individual, and he was a baseball hopeful and started playing in training camps with the Cubs in the 1970s. He only had good times ahead of him when he was falsely accused of two rapes. He told his story to our audience. It was so terrible. The two women who identified him actually identified someone who looked different from him. He was sentenced to 110 years And in three decades, he kept writing his own briefs and writing to different innocent projects. There was a very complicated legal history, but ultimately he got in front of a court and got help from a public defender's office. He also had DNA evidence to clear him, and he had that for quite a while, but it took forever for the court to make a ruling on his innocence. So his conviction was overturned, And the state was still going to try him after he was granted a new trial. He fought it, and finally the state dropped the charges. 
And then there was a another story about a woman who was convicted of armed robbery after going into a bagel shop with a toy gun and asking for cash, and she was sentenced to a very lengthy term. And another woman was falsely convicted and was in, pri- was in prison for years, and she was sentenced at 18. She went to school while in prison, and then she went to law school when she was released, and now she defends people f- uh, for her living. The state of Tennessee allowed her to get her law license, and all three of these people had horrible, horrible situations that they have come out on the other end. And then, not even that conference, but in the last couple of days, I came across a couple stories that inspired me. There was a woman in People magazine named Haben Gurma, and her legal condition is called deafblind, and it sort of defines what it is. It is a spectrum of severe hearing and sight loss. And this woman is amazing. She got a law license or a law degree from Harvard and um, with having this condition. And she does major hikes and it's just crazy. I read about her in People Magazine. I would encourage, you know, looking you up, looking her up. And then there was the recent uh, movie about Brian Banks. He was the high school football star, and he um, he was accused of rape by a fellow high school student, and his lawyer convinced him to take a plea agreement, and he served his sentence, and he was a registered sex offender, and through an innocent project, he was able to clear his name and have the conviction overturned. And in fact, the woman recanted and said that she had lied all along. And um, part of the reason why she never came forward was the school gave her a one and a half million dollar um, award for for damages um, based on her false accusations. They've since the school has since got a judgment against her, but it's just a terrible story. So during his prime years of when he could have been in the NFL, he was um, in prison. And so I don't get political in my podcast. It's about time management and, and attorney wellness and, and just wellness in general. But There are a lot of problems sometimes with plea deals, and sometimes people take them because they're intimidated that if they go to trial and lose, even though they're innocent, they may have a much harsher penalty, and that's what happened to Brian Banks. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I heard an interview with him on um, the Adam Carolla show and then also um, read an article about him in People Magazine, and he was very impressive. The reason why I tell these stories is because I have my busy days, but luckily nothing for me has ever involved incarceration or serious health issues, and I pray on that, and I, and I thank the Lord for the blessings in my life. I'm surrounded by family and friends, and I'm grateful. I bring this out because so many times I can have a one-person pity party for myself and feel super busy and super stressed because there's 150 emails in my inbox 
I would rather answer that 150 emails than face anything like what those other individuals that I mentioned have, have faced. Um, so having a, a practice of being grateful really, really helps with my stress level. Going to that, I want to give a book referral. It's called One Minute to Zen, Z-E-N, by Allie Katz, K-A-T-Z. She also wrote Hot Mess to Mindful Mom. I didn't like that book as much as this One Minute to Zen, and this book is really quick and fun. I feel like it's mostly for women because it talks about motherhood a lot, but I think men could enjoy, enjoy it as well. She has great chapters on finding balance. She also discusses not feeling guilty when you have to give things up. I've heard people say, I'm going to say no to more or I'm going to say yes to more. And I know those two statements sound like the opposite, but not really. It's all about finding balance and finding what works for you. I really recommend this book. I brought it with me when I was in Denver and just kind of picked it up before I fell asleep each night and read it at the airport. It was such an easy read. It dealt with stress management. It's written more towards people with children, but people without children could enjoy it as well. It felt like a good friend talking to me about practical things. It also has one-minute meditations, which I thought may have been a little bit kumbaya for me, but it was nice and comforting and useful. I really recommend the book. I wanted to talk a minute about the end of a conference or seminar. Whether it be the last day of a multi-day conference or the last hour of a day-long conference, people leave early. During the last day of my Denver conference, it was a half-day program. In the beginning hour, it was probably half full. Then by the last hour, I would say that we lost about 70% of participants. My recommendation is stick around if you can. I noticed that the conference will put very interesting topics at the end to keep, keep people around. Plus, if you stick around, then you can say goodbye to people who ran the conference. Also, when the conference is busy... If you want to say something to the speaker after the session, good luck with that. You can't even get close. But if you are in an end session, you have a better chance. Sticking through to the end even made my trip back home more relaxing because I was able to get late checkout at the hotel and head back for packing and relaxation before I got on the plane. I noticed that during the conference that I attended in Denver that on the last day in the morning many people were carrying their suitcases because they had to catch their flight and leave before the end of the conference. I've been there as well. I've had that happen and sometimes it will depend on what your schedule is or when your flights are scheduled but be mindful in scheduling and make it as easy as possible on yourself. I had a big buffer which I was sort of bummed about because I thought well now I'm getting home later to my family but leaving the conference made it so much more relaxing. While I was thinking about so many things in my schedule, I started thinking about mornings. And in the past, I would sleep until the last possible moment. I would jump up and take a quick and stressful shower. At the time, I had two little kids, and then I had three kids, and I would be yelling at the kids to get ready for school. Admittedly, now, things are easier for me because I only have one child in the house. She's 12 and pretty self-sufficient, and my husband and I call her our roommate who lives down the hall. Sometimes she doesn't want to get up for school, but I'm not as panicked as I used to be. 
instead of being panic, I just wake her up like I'm a normal person instead of um, yelling and screaming. My mornings look so much more different than they used to because I give myself a two-hour cushion to get out the door. Sometimes I use every more moment and sometimes I don't. But two hours is a good time period for me and it's a rare day that I run out of time and need to run out the door. My morning routine always starts with a shower. I take as long as I want to. I use the time to think, pray, or just stare at the wall. Sometimes I think about my cases, which explains why I have a waterproof notepad and pencil in the shower. I usually have coffee with my husband, but I don't always drink coffee. I like to have a few hours between getting up and having coffee. I used to have coffee literally immediately when I woke up. I used to joke, or maybe it wasn't so much a joke, maybe it was wishful thinking, about having an IV of coffee that would start right before I woke up. Now I try to drink a ton of water right when I wake up. I usually feel dehydrated in the morning, and I found that the coffee made me feel more dehydrated and tired if I had it first thing. The water makes me feel more energized even without the caffeine. I also use the coffee like a reward. I'll make a deal with myself that I'll have my first cup of coffee when I sit at my desk at work or and go through my emails or on my first calls of the day or while I'm in the car on the way to court. I read daily devotionals instead of work materials in the morning. I used to read a transcript or work papers if I was eating something or drying my hair. Now I start off from a place of gratitude by reading devotionals. I think about what I'm going to wear based on the day. I really consider the clothing and the shoes especially. If I'm going to be in court and walking a bunch, it's probably not a day for my 5-inch heel. I'll wear a shoe that I can walk in all day. And and they're usually high heels, but I have ones that are more... Um, easier to walk in. And if I'm in court or meeting with clients, I want to wear something that makes me feel stylish and chic. I may also think about my lunch, what I'm going to do for lunch for the day. I used to not think about this and I would be starving midday with no plan. Now I have meals at the office or I may grab leftovers from home for lunch if I don't have court. If I do have court, I try to think about the area I'm in and what I can grab that would be semi-healthy and um, and, and quicker if I have um, a quick break between court. I'll tell a story about um, shoes this week. So it's still hot. As, as I record this, it's September 1st and it's Labor Day weekend and I had a long time period where I did not realize that September 1st, things in Arizona aren't changing. We still have a good 30 days of miserable. In fact, October 31st really is kind of our cutoff and getting into the good weather. But by the time we get to October, at least we start to have nicer mornings and maybe even nicer evenings. But September 1st, it's the same as August. It's the same as July. It's still hot as heck. I think it's going to be 106 today. And so I wore um, some shoes that weren't this week that weren't necessarily a high heel, but kind of a skinny heel. 
and the little black heel at the you know the heel tip it got all melted and cracked in half because of walking on the hot pavement I had court in two different locations and it had quite a bit of walking to do and so by the end of the day the heel cap was cracked and I was walking on a nail which is my giant pet peeve like I cannot stand that click 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 sound so I really have to be careful of that and think all right how much walking am I going to do it will be okay on the shoe um should I carry a pair of flip-flops and carry my shoes in my hands as I walk to the court I just really have to be mindful about it okay so now I'm going to go back to to Denver I on the way back home I took a lift to the airport and a tip on lift you can save a considerable amount of money using Lyft Shared. Most of the time, a second person never joins. I took the Lyft Shared to the airport, and the ride was $27 compared to the $54 for the taxi that I took from the airport. I honestly don't know how taxis are going to fare over the next several years. They must be suffering greatly already. I still try to give them business, but they are never as convenient and usually double the price. One exception is New Orleans. There's a set price from the airport for taxis, and it ends up being about the same price as an Uber or Lyft. And there may be other cities like that as well, but I know for sure New Orleans. I had a weird takeoff time compared to when I needed to leave for the airport. My seminar ended just around 1 p.m., and I was able to get late checkout till 2.30 and if you need it, don't forget to ask about late checkout. I almost always get it. Sometimes they can't accommodate, but if you are part of a loyalty program for a hotel, most of the time they will try to work with you. A tip about late checkout, if you're not going to be hang, hanging out in your room, ask the front desk to reprogram your key. Your key will turn off around noon, and if you don't ask for it to be reprogrammed, then you have to run back downstairs to get your key turned back on. If you're hanging around your room, you don't need to worry about that. After my conference, I took a nap in the hotel. My sleep was just way off on this trip, which I will be very curious <laughs> to see how it will be during the month of September when I'm taking these multiple trips. So again, I was able to get late check, check out until 2.30 p.m. Another secret tip about late checkout is even if your checkout's at a certain time, you can usually stay up to an extra 30 minutes by just hanging out in the room. I have everything packed and by the door in case housekeeping comes, but if I need another place to if I need a place to sit for 30 minutes, I try to just hang around. I stayed until 2.45 and it was perfect timing because housekeeping was opening the door as I walked out. My flight left at 6.30 and I really only needed a two and a half, two and a half hour head start, but I ended up heading to the airport because it was way too late to try to go to a museum or do something else. In any event, I ended up at the airport three hours early, but that's exactly the reason why an airport lounge can be a blessing. I sat and worked, read, and was just generally quiet, which is something I normally do not get to do. Um, well, here's a little um, tip for something that I watched that I thought was really fun. Well, I was on the trip um, on my laptop. I had Amazon set up, and, I, and my I have Amazon Prime, so I can watch whatever's on Prime. 
And I had recently been rewatching The Sopranos, which is on Prime, and which I've mentioned before, is my all-time favorite TV show. It has it all. Family, issues, and then family, with quotes around it, like the mob issues. It is a lot of crazy humor in it as well. So many of the characters remind me of my Italian family members, like my grandma, a great aunt, my grandpa. I recommend this show to everyone, even though it's been off the air for 10 years. While I was on my trip, I just couldn't sleep. So I finished the last two episodes of The Sopranos. I had been re-watching it over probably the last, it's been a while, like re-watching it over the last seven months, just kind of turning it on here and there. On Amazon, they have a two-part series called Sopranos Behind the Scenes. If you are a diehard Sopranos fan, watch this. The production value is not great, but there was so much fun facts. I always wanted to do one of those Sopranos tours in New Jersey, and the series acts like a tour for you. It has a lot of location secrets. There was a lot of footage of the cast interacting with fans as the series was shot. The Sopranos shot in real locations all over New Jersey, and there were tons of fun facts and fun interviews. The bittersweet part of the show was seeing James Candolfini just as himself. He really genuinely appears to be a lovely man. It's such a shame that he died in his early 50s. There were numerous videos of him teasing fans, taking pictures, giving hugs, signing autograph after autograph. If you love The Sopranos and you like movie history, TV history, like behind the scenes type things, watch this. If you haven't seen The Sopranos, don't watch the show. It has tons and tons of spoilers. So when I got back from the airport, I unpacked right away. And my daughter um, went out with her friends. So I watched the baby that night. And he was sleeping until his daddy picked him up, and then I passed out. I wanted to get up at 6.30 on um, Sunday and go to the office. And when the alarm went off at 6.30, I sat up in bed and I said, forget it. Like I literally just said it to myself. I said, forget it. I definitely needed the sleep. I let myself sleep until 8. Then I went to the office For about an hour and a half, I had three days of mail, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Shouldn't be that bad, right? Three days of mail. Wrong. It was so much mail. It took me over an hour to get through the mail. I went home and showered and then took my father-in-law and daughter to church. I filled up my car for court on Monday and went back to the office for another hour. More mail, emails, organizing messages, It definitely made me feel stressed since I only missed two regular work days. To top it off, I had court first thing on Monday in Scottsdale and would be be out all morning. So that got me thinking, how is the rest of this going to work? So this month of September, I'm gone. I come back for a day or two. I'm gone. and, And just repeat. In the two weeks before September, so from the time of my quick trip to Denver, like the very, very beginning of what I'm considering my semi-sabbatical, to now, September 1st, it's a Sunday as I record this, and I leave at a 7 a.m. flight, which I hate, by the way. (laughs) 
I use my, I try my best to not do a 7 a.m. flight. You really have to get up at three. That's awful. And in those last two weeks, things have been crazy. So my new enlightenment that I've talked about in the last couple of weeks from Denver just fell, felt washed away. So in this two week period, except for one magical Friday, not this last Friday, I had a ton of work. I had court and meetings scheduled every day, including some days where I had it, it two hearings in a day and a ton of meetings. And this type of schedule was why I, why I had scheduled traveled for September. I have, I have a comment to make, <laughs> which has popped into my head. Okay. So on holiday weekends, I have had this happen to me so many times. I will have clients who will want to come in, say the Friday of a holiday weekend, or if it's a Monday holiday, want to come in on that Monday. Long ago, I have learned if they want to come in on that Monday, don't bother scheduling it. They never come in. I Maybe like one out of five will come in. They forget because it's a long weekend. And they don't want to get up early on their day off and then come and meet with a lawyer. They think they do when they schedule it the week before, but they really don't. I had ended up scheduling five meetings on Friday afternoon, this Friday afternoon before Labor Day. Guess how many actually happened? Zero. People didn't show up. People canceled. People just didn't call in. Um, all five of them. And I had to be at the office working anyways, so it worked out. But like the administrative part of scheduling and having that time set aside was just a pain in the butt. So just be careful of that. If if you have your own business and you're doing scheduling, if somebody wants something on a holiday weekend, number one, respect yourself, which is, am I trying to get out of there early? And if it was, if it would not have been the Friday before I was going to be traveling for a month, I wouldn't have scheduled it. I would have just scheduled the people for the next week when I knew they were available. Um, but I, I try not to schedule during that time because ultimately people, they want to enjoy the time with their family and, and they don't want to think about, you know, whatever it may be. And especially in my case, they're usually either thinking about something that involves bad news or it's something like estate planning, which could wait another week. Like they'll be fine. Okay. So during those two weeks where everything was crazy, like I, I am not joking. I had, um, I would run out the door at seven thirty in the morning. I would be home at like six or six thirty, six or six, six or six thirty p.m. And I also during those two weeks, I had an extra exercise session with my trainer to make up for a day that my trainer had to cancel earlier in August. I wasn't thrilled because it meant three days of lifting in a row, but I knew my exercise schedule would be out the door for so for September, so I did my best with it. I spent time with my daughters as much as possible. We had dinners together and just hung out, just hung out with the baby and and just hung out talking. I also checked out a giant stack of books and movies from the library. Checking out materials from the library helps me control my shopping. I love online shopping and I love getting packages in the mail and it's so easy to pop a book or movie into your 
cart on Amazon. Instead, I borrow from the library for a few weeks and I go online and I reserve it and that shopping craving goes away. I also thought a lot about my upcoming trips and what it was going to feel like during this time. Okay, I am going to end the podcast for today. Um, I had some more things to talk about, but I'll talk about them next weekend after I get back from my New Orleans trip. I have some more um, tips on um, breathing right and talking about Sundays and just some things that I enjoy. Before I end the episode, I want to do a message from a friend of the show. It's Mackie Insurance. Are you approaching age 65? Are you retiring or losing your group coverage? Or do you have questions about Medicare coverage options? Contact Tim at Mackie Insurance for sound advice concerning Medicare and your options for Medicare supplements, Medicare Advantage, or prescription drug plans. He'll assist you in maneuvering through the Medicare maze. Tim can be contacted at 623-551-3585. Before I end for the day, and I haven't done this, I think, in a couple weeks, I haven't talked any movies, and I haven't talked um, anything that I'm reading or any referrals or anything like that. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, I saw a movie called What Happened to Bernadette. It's with Kate Blanchett. It's playing, it feels like limited release because I had to go into Scottsdale to see it. I would watch Kate Blanchett do anything. I would watch her read a phone book. She is one in, in one of my all-time favorite movies ever called Blue Jasmine. And so I'm going to do a side referral to that. If you haven't seen Blue Jasmine... Uh, watch it. It was on Netflix for a while, but I don't think it is now. It's a Woody Allen movie that doesn't feel like a Woody Allen movie. I love this movie. She won the Oscar for Blue Jasmine. Just an, an awesome movie. What Happened to Bernadette was oddly sort of reminiscent of what I'll be doing, but people know where I'm at. Bernadette kind of disappears from her family and goes on a journey of her own. It's a very sweet movie. I went into it not really understanding or knowing the plot. I thought it was going to be more of a thriller. And um, Kate Blanchett was just amazing. And there's this really, really cute girl who plays her daughter. And I think it was her first movie. She's probably 15 or 16, maybe 17. Um, did a really good job. I don't want to tell too much about the plot because it was... Um, a surprise to me and I enjoyed it being a surprise to me so if you can go see it I, I thought it was it just was a movie that really got me thinking and also makes me want to read the book sort of a synopsis of it is is that it's someone going on a journey that changes their life I'll just say that okay um on last night um I went to the movies so in Arizona, there's a local theater called Harkins. They're all over Arizona, I think. And we went and saw, they had $5 movies for the weekend. One thing about Harkins is if it's a holiday weekend, oftentimes they'll offer some sort of special movie price or something. And in Arizona for Labor Day, people skip town because it's not like everywhere else where you're enjoying the end of the summer and maybe enjoying a 
nice 80 degree day. No, it's 106. You're you're not going to go to the lake here. So tons of people head up north. And yesterday was Saturday and the traffic was backed up for miles, which is why I never head north during holiday weekends because it's not worth it to me to sit in traffic. And I enjoy whatever specials are being offered by restaurants and movie theaters and stores. Um, just enjoy it, being around town. So saw a movie called Ready or Not. I'd been seeing the previews because I see so many scary movies. I'd been seeing the previews during scary movies. Um, they would play it in the previews. It wasn't how the previews portrayed I thought it seemed sort of like an old-timey movie and not set in modern times. It was set in modern times. Uh, for the longest time, I thought Margot Robbie was in it, another actress is in it, who looks very similar to her and also happens to be Australian, and I can't remember what her name is. Um, and Andy McDowell from... Um, um, oh my gosh, she's been in so many movies. Um but what is the one I'm trying to think of? Uh, Groundhog Day, of course, um, was in it. And um, just some other actors that were great. Adam Brody from the show The old the OC, that old show. And uh, just a couple, couple other people. It was pretty good. It was entertaining. It was not what I expected. I thought it was going to be more like a supernatural type movie. Um it was very practical. It was an R movie. It was very gory, which I didn't expect. It almost reminded me a little bit of the Evil Dead movies, where it has kind of that crazy gore and then like very broad humor. So my daughter, I saw it with my daughter, my youngest daughter and my um, sister-in-law. They were kind of like, meh. I thought it was it was good. Like, it was fun for a Saturday night. And um, it's probably one, I'll tell you this, wait till it comes out on something streamy or come, comes out on DVD. I don't know that you need to make a trip to the movie for it. If you're dying for something horror and there really isn't anything horror right now, until next weekend when It 2 comes out, um, that um, that may satisfy your craving. Oh, I will say this. One of the previews before Ready or Not was for the sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep. And I'm very excited. The preview really incorporated the old Shining movie into it. And Ewan McGregor is playing um, the grown-up Danny Torrance. So I think that it just seems super fun to me. I've been on a kick of podcasts lately because in August, everyone knows I mention it all the time, I listened to the Adam Carolla show and listened to all the new episodes. And when I run out of those, I look for other podcasts to listen to. I just finished Confronting O.J. Simpson. I thought it was really good. It was by Ron Goldman, the the victim of O.J. Simpson, in addition to the O.J. Simpson's ex-wife. Um, his sister, Kim Goldman, did the podcast. She did a ton of interviews with people who were involved in the case. 
and it was very informative. There was things that I hadn't heard about. They also put into the, the podcast um, things about grief because she's been grieving for so many years. An expert on grief came in. Even though her brother wasn't a victim of domestic violence, he ended up being a kind of an ancillary victim of domestic violence by being present when domestic violence was going on. They had a whole episode on domestic violence. It was all very informative and I thought really well done. I started a new one called The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. There's only two episodes out right now. The premise is, I, I think so far, is going to be that the belief is that Marilyn Monroe was killed by individuals who did not want to, her to talk about her affair with President Kennedy and Attorney General Robert Kennedy. It doesn't feel like there's anything new at this point from information that I've heard in the past. I've read some books um, about this theory before. And it feels kind of rehashed, but it's they've only had two episodes. And a lot of the of the podcast is sort of starting with her history as being in foster care and having a mother who was in um, asylums and not knowing who her father was. So I'll give updates on that. I found a new one that I haven't started listening to. I found two ones, two new ones that I haven't started listening to, but sounded really, really um, interesting to me based on what I like, which is true crime. And I also like financial crimes. One is called man in the window, which is about the golden state killer in the past on this podcast. I've talked about the book that I read by, I think her first name was Michelle and her last name was McNamara. She was the wife of, um, Patton Oswald. And then she died just suddenly, in her early 40s, but she had been tracking this killer rapist from the 70s and 80s, and she had penned the name the Golden State Killer, because although he was the serial rapist and killer, he had no name. Um, he had, They had kind of had some names, but it, it just wasn't like a consistent name, you know, that the police used or the newspapers used. She wrote a genius book about it, and she died while she was um, writing it. And then my understanding is the book and information that she put together actually helped in catching this guy. Um, so I s heard of a podcast called Man in the Window, which is about the Golden State Killer. I listened to a snippet of it. It sounds really good. If you like true crime, I'd say try that out. Um, also, um, I'm downloaded a new one called Con Artists, which is about um, people who have conned people um I think more like financially. So there's not a whole lot of episodes out now, but there's one on Bernie Madoff, which I'm always so fascinated by his um, Ponzi scheme and his story. 
And then there's another one on Stephen Glass and Anna Anderson, who I haven't heard of yet. So I've downloaded all this, but have not uh, started listening. So if, maybe you want to try it out. If you love financial crimes, try con artists. If you're interested in um, true crime, maybe try Man in the Min man in the window and I'll keep you updated on all of those including um, the podcast The Killing of Marilyn Monroe. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate all the feedback that I get from everyone. Um, it means a lot to me the listeners who listen and comment and send me notes. I am excited as I start this sabbatical. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I will keep you updated. I'm going to keep um, writing and thinking about my business and time management and, and wellness, and I will keep you posted. All right. Um, you can find me on iTunes and SoundCloud. That's where you can find the podcast. You can find me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr under Florence Legally Brunette. You can find me on Facebook under my name. And um, but you can go to my website at brummerlaw.com, which is the website for my business and then also has prior podcasts downloaded to it. So thank you so much. I will be in touch. Bye-bye. <music>